0: I'm Aria Schwartz along with Ben Dahl, and welcome to the Windsiders show where it's all about the W. Last week we went long covering the Western Conference teams, talking about what we feel they should do this WNBA free agency period. Well, today we're breaking down and going long on the Eastern Conference. show please consider joining our Patreon community patreon.com backslash winsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at winsider.com while you're there check out our Overseas tracker it's live now you can see where your favorite WMBA players are playing overseas all in one place this should be a good one giving our takes on what teams should do in free agency we put on our GM cap and tell you who to target what they need and more today we're breaking down the Eastern Conference. Ben, how's it going and Happy New Year's? Happy New Year. I never know if I'm supposed to say Happy New Year or Happy New Year's. What What's the proper one?
1: I think year. It's just, just one year, right? <laughs> 2021.
0: I guess, but it's like a, it's a bridge between two years. Whatever. I I, I got to get it wrong. Um, well, I, I want to talk about something when it comes to the East Coast teams or the Eastern Conference teams. I feel like we kind of need to do this a little bit different, and I'm blindsiding you. Um Mainly because three fourths of our non-playoff teams are in this grouping, so we kind of need to decide. I think, at least for those teams, we as you know, with our GM caps or whatever, kind of need to preface those teams with the mindset of they're like one trade, one signing away from being a, a playoff contender, um, or they're kind of more in the let our our players grow in their youth mindset. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I mean, cuz that that should influence how teams are behaving in free agency and what their goals are.
0: And and like that that's the thing cuz I feel like at the end of the day, it's pretty easy for us to look at all these teams and be like, "Oh yeah, sign Candace Parker, sign, you know, Neika Gumake or Natasha Howard, somebody like that." And all of a sudden this team's a winner, but you know, it that honestly as crazy as it sounds, it might not be in the best interest of a team to add a superstar when they might not necessarily fit in with the build of this team. And then you kind of, you, you cause issues with your younger players and their growth. Um, and obviously you might make it closer to making the playoffs, but ultimately that could hurt you in your chances for winning a championship, um, which makes me think of what's better to, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you make the playoffs and you don't win the championship, but that's a whole different discussion that we can debate on. Uh, why don't we start it off with the Chicago sky. Give me your thoughts on them. What do you feel they need uh, to make to take that next step in in their growth as a WNBA franchise and get closer to that championship caliber pedigree?
1: Well, I think they they have their, you know, they're pretty set on the perimeter. Even you know, one through three, and then you include Kalia Copper in that, who's going to be a high minute player. So really, just you look at the front court and if they you know kind of really quote unquote go for it and just take a bigger swing you would look for one of these you know top front court players that would really make a difference for them defensively and you know because we're talking about basically all all WNBA players which are in that the top of that class this year obviously there's a lot that each of them would add offensively too but other than that You know, you can, you can have kind of the, the top of the wish list, but other than that, I think it, it, you know, really it's also just making sure they, they re-sign their own free agent, Cheyenne Parker, which I think has to probably tie into this because if from Parker's standpoint is, you know, does she, would she want an assurance that she's going to start? you know how can how how might that dynamic kind of factor into
0: I mean looking at who their free agents are we're talking about Sidney Colson we're talking about Cheyenne Parker um for me i mean obviously i like i have written down they need more paint defense maybe a backup point guard cool fine whatever that's not the most important thing i mean can they bring back Colson probably uh she's probably also going to get some attention from other teams but i, I feel Parker's their their big play, but also Azrae Stevens really cemented herself as a player who, moving forward, there's a lot of positivity for. They can play her at the 5, they can play her at the 4, um, and I, I think this team really boils down to where is the future that they see for Diamond De Shields and Azrae Stevens. Now, obviously, Diamond had a setback of a season. She was never fully healthy. She ends up leaving the Wubble early, but Azrae Stevens blew up on the scene. Really started to show us something that we were hoping we could see in Dallas. Never really got her footing there. Never really got on the court enough to show us what she got. Obviously, she left uh, the bubble also uh, early before the season ended. So is it as simple as if your head coach, GM, James Wade, you're sitting there and going, we got to bring back our roster. A healthy roster is a very different Chicago Sky team than we saw this year. And maybe they can... I don't want to say ignore the pitfall that was this past year, but there were some high expectations going into this past season. Do you think this is a situation if you're GM, you're like, all right, let me try and hit a home run, bring in a big name, or is it more of a situation of settle down and don't overreact?
1: Well, I don't think they should overreact, but I would also say the answer is probably both. I would, I think you've got to look at the, again, like that, you know, top list of players available and really decide first, do we actually want to make a run at some of these players? You know, Natasha Howard, I think would be the top of my list for them, especially if she doesn't get cored by Seattle. You know, I think that would be the one name I would circle maybe, you know, Neko Gumake. I know a lot of, I know it's there. There's naturally been, uh, we've all seen dozens of, uh, Candace Parker would would she go to Atlanta or Chicago uh, tweets since the season ended? So it, it just I think they have to answer that question for themselves, but then I think it's very likely that they end up just more or less bringing the team together. I mean, the 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 other thing too, I think Chicago is I think there maybe are some some trade concepts you might at least try to piece together. And consider that you think might upgrade the team. I don't know how likely they are, but you have because then looking ahead to next year too, that you're talking about eight basically eight rotation players that are going to hit free agency at the same time. So it, it just I think they kind of have to have everything mapped out of, you know, who's on our dream wish list and then how long is it, and the the scenario where you more or less run it back, how much do you believe in that? And also, is it going to be a problem? And, and yeah, re-signing Parker is really the only thing there. You know, you mentioned Colson. I would think, I would think they'll have the chance to bring to bring her back if they want, or they can pursue some other options for backup point guard.
0: Well, when when you talk trade, who who are you thinking about? Because I I have a couple names of you know just looking at the salary sheet shot to her hoop stats, who made it beautifully laid out uh, on their website. Everyone should go check it out. One of the interesting things for me is Steph Dolson, a, a 175000 salary, that's a guarantee. Is that a player? Because you know me, never been a huge fan of her game, always been critical of her. Is that a person that you're looking at saying, hmm, maybe if we could move her, that frees up some salary? Because right now they don't have a ton of cap room.
1: Well, I mean, I think, I think I could understand bringing Dolson up just because if you're looking at Parker as the starter anyways... In, you know, in Dolson's case, I I don't know if that, I don't know if trading Dolson, if the exact same deal is bringing you back of the player that would essentially supplant her. I mean, because, I mean, Dolson, that's on a pretty big contract and it's just, I don't, I mean, like none of of the really good teams without, you know, some more movement or if they really lose out on some of their own players, they're they're just not going to, like it won't it doesn't make sense at this stage for any of them to look to take on a bigger salary, you know, who, who, like who's in, who's in the running as a contender that could trade for Dolson and she'd definitely be starting, you know, so it just, (laughs) uh, you know, other things could happen. And I, you know, I think, um, you know, Dolson might be one player where I think there might be a temptation, you know, that's one player I'm not overreacting to where she had the ankle stuff and then came back and just, you know, never really got, never really kind of had a, had a chance to, to uh, play a prolonged stretch and get her minutes up. But it, 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 I don't know. I think it would have to be a kind of a chain of events with, including a couple different things for them if they really shook it up.
0: But so, I mean, it, it sounds like we're both in agreement that there's not much, wiggle room for the Chicago Sky team. I mean, at at best, they're looking at, you know, re-signing Parker. If Parker's not around, if they're not able to wrangle her in, who are some players that you would target? Off top of my head, Jessica Breland is someone who kind of pops in. Um, Breonna Jones would be, but, you know, salary, salary, monetarily, whatever I want to say, it's been a long day, Uh, would be a little bit of an issue there. Um, but talk to me about players that, let's say, Cheyenne Parker is not available for them to re-sign because she is a hot commodity. Um, who who would you look like or look to to try and bring onto this roster and fill that role?
1: That's tough. Um, actually, for I mean, first for Parker, you know. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, I'll just never mind. I'll just I'll just go with what you said. Um, I think you know, unless you're getting a Natasha Howard, one of those stars kind of in somehow in that front court conversation. I think you're looking at like, I would like Tiana Hawkins, maybe, you know, you mentioned Azrae Stevens, maybe could play some five and Hawkins is just somebody that can somewhat credibly stretch the floor. I think that would be important. Maybe glory Johnson, uh, not not a tremendous shooter out there, but can at least play out there a little bit and, and maybe can can uh, give you something defensively if if we're talking about, in this case, I mean, bringing somebody off the bench behind Dolson and Stevens, right? I mean, I think that's what we'd be talking about at this point.
0: Yeah. Man, does that would be, wouldn't it be bad? I mean, for me, I, I just don't think I mean, I've, I've said this over and over. I think it's just, like, it comes down to Dolson's fit with this team and her ability to run with this team. Looking at the different the different rosters, though, I gotta say, put, obviously, like, you, you touched on this earlier, Candace Parker not likely going to Chicago, but there's been talk about it just, like, in fanfare of, oh, my God, what if she did? Or even Natasha Howard. Like, those two players on this roster would make me, if I'm James Wade, foam at the mouth of excitement and joy because I just feel like... That's such a great fit. And there just aren't so many bigs that are available right now that could really run with it. I mean, Amanda Zowie B is a backup, not a bad option for this team. What do you think about that?
1: I think I think I would even lean more towards the names that I threw out there. I think if that's what, you know, maybe just like if, you know, I don't know if, if Zowie is really giving them a different look and someone that can kind of give them a different option defensively and I think Dolson's a better all-round offensive player. Cause I mean the other thing I was gonna bring up too, just on the topic of Parker, is they already have Van der Sloot, Quigley, Dolson, and Copper with pretty big salaries. So and why I also brought up the idea of if if they make a trade in some form and are kind of and kind of move some pieces around, you know, they can't like in a vacuum. Again, with those four players, and then these other players on the rest of the roster, like just they can't just throw a giant offer, uh, at the at the upper max, to go sign somebody. So that's where I think also like with Parker, and then any contingency plan too. Like I think that'll like that's gonna be a gonna be a factor there. So you know they they they'll probably have like I'm sure they can if they needed to, if they needed to make some kind of move. To give themselves a chance to uh, to kind of up an offer, but if they aren't quite in that territory, then that uh, you know that could maybe even go so far as to limit them, or just you know they're only going to ultimately consider so much. I mean, like because also like think think about how the season started, and when you're in the frame of mind of, okay, is Deshields going to kind of is she going to be okay, and feel good with with in terms of her knee and just kind of return to form slowly because, I mean, they look great to start the season. Stevens was still, Stevens was still out there. They look like they're going to be one of the better offenses in the league. So if, I mean, if they just bring this team back, like, I don't think that's, uh, by no means, is that, uh, a shortcoming or a failure? I I would want to see what that looks like. And I don't know. It's, uh, you know, it's why, uh, it's why the title of general manager that that comes with a lot of responsibility. And that's why, uh, you know, they got, they got to make that, you know, James Wade has to make that decision of what's going to give them the best chance right now. But, you know, thinking about maybe how the next couple of years would go, you've got it. You've, you know, when, when, when somebody wearing that dual hat, like you've got to put the best team out there, you can, you're trying to win right now. But they're gonna they're gonna have to think about what that'll look like beyond this year too.
0: Oh, they definitely need to look beyond this year. I mean, just if you, if you look at the breakdown, yeah. you know, Vandersloot, Quigley, Dolson, Copper, DeShields, Mavunga, Stevens, and Gabby Williams, uh, all of them will be restricted or unrestricted free agents going into the twenty twenty two season. So you know, you got a lot of players. You got to make a lot of decisions. This is called. The long con, if you ask me. Any final thoughts on the Sky uh, before we move on to the Connecticut no, Sun? No, that's it for me. Let's talk about this Connecticut Sun roster, this team. Um, I, I know you're a big fan of, of the makeup of the roster and what it could have been going into this past season. I'm curious for you, is it as simple as saying, bring back our roster as much as we can um, to move forward because we're finally going to have John Quill Jones Paired up with Duana Bonner, Alyssa Thomas, Jasmine Thomas, and Brian January. I mean, that's a pretty star-studded roster right there. And we we've gone to, I think we've talked we talked about this on the Patreon exclusive episode. Um, just the this team is going to be a little bit tied salary cap wise, but you know it's going to be more about finding some role players that will fit in uh, and give them what they need off the bench and have some youth. But I just went long on that. Give me your thoughts on if this team. Uh, is at the point of just bring it back or we need to make some moves?
1: Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I've, I've always looked at him as a, te- as a team that'll be keeping it together. It is funny to say that though, as they, you know, they have only four players under contract <laughs> for, for 2021 at the moment, but you're also, you know, with the caveat that you're, I don't, I have, I've yet to see, you know, someone even suggest or think that, you know, really strongly that Alyssa Thomas won't be brought back there. So you, you're going to have A.T., Dewana Bonner, John Quill Jones on big salaries. You've got Brion on January under contract, too. And then Jasmine Thomas at the point guard spot. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't see like there's just going to be some upgrade for them out there. I mean, Chelsea Gray being a free agent this offseason, you know, I just I don't know. I don't know what Gray going to be considering, if she's going to even look elsewhere at all would. I would also think L.A. would core her, too. But other than that, I mean, there's not somebody out there that I I would see as, like, some upgrade that Connecticut would want to think about at the point guard spot. So, you know, they're going to have... So they are going to be... They're still going to have more spots maybe to fill out than some other teams on the bench. But in terms of the top of your rotation, they're going to be pretty set. And with those players making bigger salaries... You know they're not in a position like a Minnesota where Nafisa Collier is on her rookie contract still, right? So with those players making bigger salaries, that in that sense they uh, they might be a little more strapped, even though even though they can. Uh, I think I think Connecticut might get pretty interesting if they if they can really make a make a strong pitch to to somebody to to maybe be the their uh, first player off the bench or second one in a in a pretty decent sized role.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, th- I think it's, if, if looking at the salary breakdown, looking at who they have, you know, Bria Holmes, Essence Carson, Kalina Mosqueda lewis uh, Teresa Plaisance, Rihanna Jones, uh, Natasha Heidemann, uh, Beatrix von Premier, like, th- like you said, not a lot of players on contract right now fully expect uh, a few of them, at least Alyssa and Jasmine, to come back. And the other ones, it's much more of a question, in my opinion, at least, of Kurt Miller sitting there and going, okay, you know, is there somebody better that we want to put our eyes on first? If you're asking me, mosquito Lewis, that experiment did not go too well. You you know, she was kind of brought in to be that three-point shooter, to be someone who could stretch the floor and add another element to them. Um, and it's it's pretty easy to get excited about it, but for me, I kind of look at that position as, okay, who can we bring into this role? Who can possibly do that? And and the two names that kind of pop up in my mind who would be great for that? I'm curious who you're thinking of, but I'm thinking of Raquana and Erica Wheeler, Raquana Williams. Me.
1: Yeah. So for me thinking about like a wing shooter, I wrote down Sammy Whitcomb's name, one of.
0: But can they? But do you think that they can? Because that's going to come down to them making an offer that you know stretching out that that uh restricted offer.
1: Yeah, it's. I think it can be possible. I'll say that. I mean, I don't know. I think they could swing it, if they really wanted to. But then the two other names I wrote down, and these these might be more pie in the sky. But I, I said uh Ariel Powers and Benigni, and even, and then the thing too with Connecticut is I wonder like, could you maybe even offer? I would think there'll there'll be big slight at least slightly bigger offers for them just in terms of money but could they maybe offer them a starting spot and then would that have appeal you know can you ask January to come off the bench and maybe ask somebody like somebody like that let them start at the two at least to give it a shot
0: that's an interesting move yeah I mean I don't see why not I think for them it's kind of like it's it's a positive and a negative because they're in a situation where because they have so few people signed to contracts right now, they're not fully tied down onto it. So if you're Kurt Miller, you can go to, to the Thomases and say, hey, give me give me a week. Don't worry. We're, you're going to get yours. But I want to see who else I can bring in. Can I convince a Jan uh, – excuse me, a Powers? Can I convince uh, another player to come over here and, and take on a, a, a different role and really put us over the top? Because, um, like – we talk about this often. It's To win a championship, it's not just your starting five. You need some depth. You need someone who's going to fill that sixth woman, that seventh woman off off the bench role, um, who can really put their team over the top and into a position where, you know, when your star players are taking a rester, it's not damaging you to the extent where then your stars need to kind of pick up the speed afterwards. I, I think it would be interesting. I feel like it's going to be tough for them to – pay the Thomases in the way that they want. And then also you got to think to the future because John Paul Jones is an unrestricted free agent going into the 2022 season. And so is January. So you need to not only think about just this season, but also long-term you have Bonner locked down until 2024. So you're good with that, but you kind of need to start planning out. And I feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm curious for you put on your GM cap knowing that John Cole Jones is unrestricted free agent next season how concerned are you going into it that you need to kind of carve out a situation where you know you can get her paid and you're not going to kind of screw yourself over in the long term
1: well i think that no i think i think that goes unsaid i mean there's going to be Connecticut will be uh, uh i'm sh- i'm sure they're going to be uh be ready to you know they're going to leave plan plan as if you know we've got a we've got a max slot reserved for JJ. Jan, you know January is a different case. You know just as she's into her mid thirties and just uh you know how big is her role gonna be? That I mean that it, she's also gonna be an important player for them. But yeah, I'm I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna plan accordingly for Jones and make sure that they have her in, in the long term plans. But what you said about just kind of working it out for Jasmine and AT is I think that's going to be a it it's a dyna- dynamic I'm interested to watch for all offseason. Who knows how much we'll see it across the league? Just of is like you said, you know, maybe are some will will teams be able to kind of have some of their main free agents kind of wait a little bit and and all right, let's see what we can do with this space and hey, can we have can we come to understanding? Well, if we can get names X, Y, or Z then maybe we can sign you for this, but if we don't, then maybe we'll bump you up a little bit more. That kind of dynamic, I'm really fascinated to see if that, if that ends up kind of rearing its head because, you know, teams, teams have more of an option to do that with this new CBA, but just, you know, as each domino kind of follows what, you know, what does each player end up going for? And in a lot of cases, you know, players naturally understandably, I think want to get paid and, if they just are able to find find a home, then it it might get tougher as you're a contender. You know you can't you can't uh, you can't have every single thing you want. It would be awesome if the Connecticut Sun could add a really reliable shooter off the bench, right? I think everyone agrees on that. Is it going to happen? It's the, there's a pretty limited number of names in free agency, right? And just you yeah. know they it, it if it doesn't end up happening, it might even sting a little bit or it might be an obvious thing to point to, but it's like, well, they, they did do the, a lot of the right, the, the bigger stuff, right. They have Bonner, they have Jones, they have AT, they have all these players. So you know you can only, you can only get, you can only uh, do so much.
0: Oh yeah. And I mean, like we saw this, this past season when, when the CBA just was brand fresh new um, where Chicago is in a situation where they were able to pull that off. Uh, with Vanderquicks, you know, with Allie Quigley and Courtney Vandersloot, where, you know, they signed them super late, but were able to use that to make some different moves um, and, and see what the possibilities were. And it really played out uh, over the period of the free agency time. We also saw that from Connecticut when it came to Courtney Williams and and to Bonner. Um, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it isn't. Yes, they were slightly different situations, um, but that definitely played its own effect. Any final thoughts when it comes to the Connecticut Sun before we move on to the DC Mystics?
1: Yeah, just yeah, just for Connecticut, just what what they end up doing with the with the backup spots at the four and the five will be interesting. You know, Beatrice Montpremier and and Neetisha you know, Haidem in the backcourt, but Mom Premier will be a reserve player, so you know, they should have a chance to bring her back without, you know, putting a big strain on them financially. But then just what you know, what what's the what'll kind of be the prevailing thought coming away? You know, do they just, if they just bring back Brianna Jones and mom premier, do they also add somebody else that maybe gives them a little shooting that maybe is more of a four, uh, you know, plan behind 80. Uh, does that, you know, is that going to kind of stay open? Is that more of a thing where they, they have somebody compete in training camp? Uh, you know, I've already brought some up up some of these names that I think are c- going to be like, Maybe you know backup bigs getting decent minutes for somebody, but like a you know Hawkins or Glory Johnson. But you know, do they just do they kind of do they kind of bring somebody on new that's going to be getting real minutes there, or is it is it just is it just, uh, just kind of the same the same players there?
0: Well, and and an interesting aspect of that is just looking at Brianna Jones and Teresa Plaisance and Essence Carson are all free agents also. Obviously, uh, Brianna Jones is a restricted free agent, so that's a little bit different. But I mean, there's going to be some openings where they can fill in and bring in some other players. I think it's going to be interesting, in my opinion, at least for this team, to see where do they go with that. As as Kurt Miller has been notorious for riding his starters for like all 40 minutes over the past few seasons, the curiosity for me is, if you're doing that, do you then fill those roster spots with younger talent as you know a uh, a big thing i think this coming season that maybe i haven't heard so much talk about but there's a lot of players who made rosters this year because of people sitting out and you know the liberty are a good example of that there's a good chunk of players and we'll get to them but there's a good chunk of players who got time to really show off i mean we always, uh, in, in the WNBA circles, we always talk about how, you know, it stinks that the the training camp is so short. It stinks that there aren't more roster spots, all these things. For me, it's really interesting because now we're possibly going to see a situation where with some of these players who sat out or whoever it is coming back, there's going to be some players who are on rosters and got some good tape on them these past few seasons. Will they now get an opportunity for a team like Connecticut who? Maybe they won't get as many live minutes, but could still come in useful. You know, we've seen of recent Kurt Miller start using some roster spots for some younger players to to really grow that, and I, I think it will be an interesting aspect um, with him. Any thoughts on that before we move on to the Mystics?
1: No, let's let's get to the uh, the twenty nineteen defending champs.
0: <laughs> Washington Mystics are quite the interesting team this season. Um, you know, you look at their, it's a complicated situation. It's an interesting position with bringing Tina Charles back. I've heard, or I've seen a quote saying that they fully expect Tina to come back, which kind of leaves you with Emma Miesemann, Tina Charles, uh, Emma and Ariel Powers as your leading unrestricted free agents. But You can't forget about the fact that Latoya Sanders and Natasha Cloud are under suspended contracts. So the positive is that they only have four protected contracts available. So you can kind of dangle. And this is an interesting aspect of free agency where you can kind of give and take with contract length and contract size with saying it might not be as big as this other team can offer you, but our money is guaranteed. So you're making that money no matter what happens. Um, put, talk to me about where you are, your coach team, what you're thinking about, what to do for this team. It's going to be a very different style team than we saw uh, when they won their championship. And I think that was cemented when Tina Charles joined the team and they lost Christy Tolliver. Talk to me about where your head is with the Washington Mystics.
1: At at first, I thought that that Washington was going to be the number one example of just having a really hard time trying to fit everybody in. Not to say that they won't, but my stance has definitely softened there and and the context kind of adds to it. You mentioned Cloud and Sanders being suspended contracts, uh, according to her hoop stats. So, you know Washington's going to have the chance to, you know, only negotiate with them. <laughs> and then, but then even like Miesman and Charles, I almost like see them in the same way, right? It's just I don't like Tina Charles wanted to get traded and wanted to go there. So is she really going to walk? Because also like where where's the destination? Right That's just gonna like wow, like knock her socks off with some big offer. so I, I just I can't see it there. And then Meesaman, too, I mean Meesman's been there her whole career, right? I mean, just in almost in the same way as Charles has a great relationship with Tebow and it's just, you know, I, don't, I just don't see like uh, them being uh, ter- you know terrified that Charles and Meesaman may consider going elsewhere. So really, I think it just it just kind of comes down to to Powers. Like, I think Tiana Hawkins, who's also an un- unrestricted free agent, is a good player, but just look at all the names we just rattled off at the position, right? Deladon, Misaman, Charles, Sanders, if she comes back, and then Maisha Hines-Allen, by the way, too, coming off that big season. So I, I just think Hawkins just might be on the wrong end of a numbers game, but I I, I just think Powers is the big one. Just what's, what's going to happen there? What does Powers want? You know, what are what are they willing to offer? I think that's going to be the, the most interesting story.
0: Well, the interesting aspect for me with Tiana Hawkins is, you know, this past season might have cost her a lot of money. And, th- and this is like a completely different discussion. But, you know, coming off that championship season, obviously everyone on that roster, when you come off a championship season, you know, as a role player, whatever it is, I feel like there's this kind of fog around you, where everybody automatically looks at the positives. Nobody goes, oh, this team won the championship despite you underperforming. Everyone looks at it from the perspective of, oh, my God, this player did so well, and that's one of the reasons this team won. You know, we see it in the coaching world often, where a a coach will come off of whatever team it was, and they're an assistant coach, but they get all the credit for whatever success that team had. Uh, as if there wasn't a head coach or players doing a lot of it too. Um, so for me, it's kind of interesting because Tiana Hawkins' stock after last season was probably an all-time high. After this past season with some injuries and, you know, not I'm not going to knock her performance this past year, but was she as good as what we saw, you know, two seasons ago in their championship run? No. A lot of that had to do with many other aspects of it. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. I think she's going to be the one who walks. Um,
1: I think- Hopefully I think you're being did. I think you're being a little yeah. harsh on Hawkins.
0: Hawkins is a good player, and like, no, she is. But I'm I'm just saying, like, if she come, she was a good player that was surrounded by so much talent that you know there was double teams and triple teams going on, which was giving her open looks. Yeah, yeah. Is she gonna be yeah. able to hit those shots with the defender? Well,
1: I'm not saying someone's gonna pay her to be a max contract to be a starter. I mean, like as a backup four, you know, I think I think I mean I would think she's in a great spot going into free agency it just some teams around the league like barely have any shooting at the position so just i i think i think Hawkins just can really fit pretty easily with with just about any anybody so
0: i don't think that's a, a crazy aspect i think look i i believe we're both on the same mindset where the most important thing for them to do is find a way to bring back powers aerial powers is the key for this team She's kind of the glue. She's that element that they truly need, assuming everyone comes back. You know what I mean? Um, I don't see them. I think for, for the Mystics, it's very much so. like we Everything's in-house. They have all the ingredients uh, to make a push deep in the playoffs. It's going to be more of a question of, you know, how does Tina Charles gel with this team? And how does the loss of Chrissy Tolliver really affect them? Um, and how can Leilani Mitchell... Well, there's a lot of questions, I guess. maisha Hines-Allen, what are we going to see from her now that she, maybe she's not a starter anymore? Maybe she's not getting as many minutes and she's not going to be able to produce at that at that volume we've seen before. I mean, the Mystics, I feel, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, are kind of the team that almost has the biggest question mark going into this next season just because, and maybe I'm giving too much to the Tina Charles-Christy-Tolliver switcheroo, Um but assuming they bring everyone back and, and the real the really only switch is Christy Tolliver and Tina Charles, I'm curious for you, where you put this team um, as far as like a power ranking in this league.
1: If uh if, if they're able to re-sign powers along with everybody else, I, I think they're just they're right up there again to in the conversation to get a top two seed and be one of the contenders. Especially if they if they aren't able to bring back powers. I do wonder a little bit, are they, you know, stylistically, are they going to play with the three big lineups a majority of the time, or even by default, just kind of because of the makeup of the roster, or are they going to be able to play just some more traditional lineups? You know, if, if they don't have powers, you can still play, you could play Mitchell and cloud and Atkins, right. But then, but just to also try to get your front court players on the court, right. To get, Heinz Allen minutes to Ann and Meesman and Charles and Sanders, if she's back along with Del Don, of course. So it just kind of how, how much they want to play big, I think is, is also just going to be, make it, make them a really interesting watch too.
0: Question. If they can't get powers, who do you like, do you think it's a situation where they go, okay, we couldn't get powers you know, obviously not ideal, but hunker down, draft pick, look forward. Or is it a situation of we can't get power or we can't get powers. Let's try and bring somebody new. Well, they
1: don't, they don't have any draft picks. <laughs> All three of them are gone in the well, Tina Charles trade. So it, I, I don't know the the middle there. I don't know if there's a great middle ground option for them. Uh, it, It's just, I mentioned, you know, we've, we've talked about these, you know, elite players in the front court as free agents, but also, you know, that group of players on the perimeter powers, Kayla McBride, Benai Alicia Gray, Chelsea Gray, you, it, they all are really valuable players and you'd think they're going to com- command big contracts. So I don't think, you know, one, one of them isn't just going to be like sit standing there when the music stops like, Oh, I best, I guess I'll just go sign somewhere, you know, for a, and leave some money on the table. I don't think those players are going to have to make those kind of sacrifices, so I think they might end up having to do a little bit more uh, you know, hunting for some bargains or just or just trying to sign players. And maybe somebody really good also also just be willing to sacrifice to go play for a good team. Or maybe they make the look a trade too. You know, is
0: what's up Well, to be fair, that's what I meant when it came to the draft pick was they have some players uh, you know on reserved contracts or whatever maybe you try and do a little sign and trade something like that get a draft pick if there's someone there because coach t has done a tremendous job of being able to uh id and and pick some some diamonds out of the rough that maybe got overlooked by others
1: yeah i mean maybe especially to like get into the second round that might be possible uh especially with like you know, Indiana has a bunch of picks in the late rounds and Dallas, you know, are they going to have a use for those second round picks anyways? I would think some of those might be gettable. If you want to get even higher than that, I was going to bring it up. I just, I mean, maybe you take a look at what Heinz Allen's value is around the league. That would be, you know, maybe a little bit of a bigger move. You know, if like Dallas, right, they're sitting there with multiple first round picks. Like if, if you can get that kind of return for Heinz Allen, that could be, and, and, and if you, you know, you, you would have to feel good too, that, you know, Miesman's going to at least play a few more years along with Tina, but maybe that's a kind of way, a way to kind of, to re to replenish a little bit through the draft. If you can pick up a few picks and you can hit on those, and those are players on rookie deals, which, what's help which helps you out when you have, when you have some veterans on the team. So.
0: Wait, I'm I'm curious now. Sorry, we're gonna go over on this, but so you think Heinz Allen is the the trade fodder? If, if they're thinking that mindset, you don't think it's somebody else?
1: Well, I don't know. I don't know who else they're gonna to trade to get a big big return for. I I don't. I I don't see any of these other free agents commanding a big return. At least, pl- I mean, players that they would want to trade. You know they they can't uh, they wouldn't want to trade Natasha Cloud they need a, they need a <laughs> Natasha Cloud badly but just the, like the make
0: they need Natasha the Cloud makeup badly, other what about Emma
1: well does does Misman even
0: I I know you're in the you're in a different camp than me but I just. does Misman like... want to
1: play anywhere else though I... that's the thing it just true and they're trying to win right now like I wouldn't no, I would no I wouldn't want to trade Misman's skill set it, it's too valuable her shooting. She's done it on the biggest stage. Um, the, I mean, I, I don't know if it would be a very popular move in the locker room too, to uh, to trade a, a player that popular who was the Finals MVP last time your team was healthy. I mean, Heinz Allen, it's just... Heinz Allen's in the last year of a rookie contract. So she's going to have to get a raise when Atkins is also going to get one. And and Atkins is, is going to have to be much more of a priority, I would think, just because of her position. So just... They're, they're looking at a, at a stacked roster at that position. So it just, if they want Heinz Allen to be a featured player for the long term, maybe that does affect what they kind of do with some of these other players, but it just, okay. But they can't, are they going to say like Tina Charles and Emma Miesman come off the bench, take a backseat to Heinz Allen? I don't know what, what all that's going to look like.
0: They can go so many different avenues it's like it's uh, you have too many options. It's a very interesting issue uh for coach T to have in this situation. But I mean, I agree with you. I think high maybe I have recency bias for Hines Allen just cuz of the amazing season she had this past year, but I just feel like you're talking a situation where I I wouldn't so cavalierly look at it as Emma versus Maisha. Uh it's definitely Maisha on the trading block. Only because like you're talking about, you know, Emma's coming off of all those positives might be demanding a slightly higher contract, maybe a maxed out contract, as opposed to Maisha Hines-Allen, who has one good season under her belt. You can kind of finagle that a little bit more, make that a lesser of a burden of a contract, and also, you know, which one of them has the higher want in the in the league right now. Yes, Maisha Hines-Allen had a great season is probably – a top commodity. If you're, if you're talking about it, lots of teams would want her, but lots of teams would also want Emma. So for me, it's kind of, I don't know. I I wouldn't be mad at them. I would see it as a long-term move dropping Emma. I think you still have a lot of power, a lot of offensive ability. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously I would take Emma over Tina, but Hey, that's not the situation we're in. Right.
1: Well, I mean, if, if, if that's what you think they should do, then, then say it, but just,
0: <laughs> I'm a, I I'm gonna call Coach T and tell him to do it right now. <laughs> we know he listens to me, so <laughs> well uh let's move on to the Atlanta dream. Uh team number one of our different perspective, different mindset. Do we feel this team is in the mindset of making one trade and all of a sudden, you know, they're back in the playoff play the playoff race, and maybe they're making a push for the final semifinals, maybe the finals. Or do we feel like this is a team that needs to kind of sit down for one more season, let their young players grow more? I already have my opinion, but I'm curious. Uh,
1: neither. I think they're in the middle of that. Well, no, no. I agree on the first part where if they swing a big move, yeah, they could possibly be into contention. As is basically with this team. I think they are competing for a playoff spot. And I think they still have enough vets where they're i mean they're not just they're just not they're in a fundamentally different place than somebody like new york where you can you can get into whether what what new york as an example should be doing right but just they have much like they have a much higher concentration of really young players on their roster so i don't know i mean atlanta just i don't why would you just sit on your hands i i think you just you go for it if you can i mean yeah, get somebody that makes sense, but I think they can compete for a playoff team if they have, for a playoff spot if they have this whole team together. And and yeah, you you, you got to look for a big move if you can. Everybody does.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I I think it's a little bit more clear cut for me where they go for the home run hit. I mean, if you can get Liz Cambage or Natasha Howard, that completely, and I'm saying this with the assumption that they no longer have Elizabeth Williams on the roster if you can make those moves i mean we can talk about a lot of teams where if you add those players obviously look those are some of the top players in the league right now so it's not i'm not saying this in jest like oh just add them and all of a sudden we're, we're a team that's competing for something uh in in the playoffs here but i just feel like this team is so close they're on the doorstep of that they have so much power in the guard positions, they have so much offensive ability. The question for me, and honestly for a few years now is kind of what, what's the next step for this, for the front court? You know, what do you, you and I have talked about this to an exhausted manner of Mo Billings, Monique Billings, and Elizabeth Williams, just not being the right fit for this team. You can't have two of them. They just fill too much of the same, the same needs. Uh, they check so much of the same box, but I guess for, uh, I'll start this off with a two part question. One, if you're the Atlanta dream and you could have Natasha Howard, Candace Parker, or Liz Cambage, which player do you think is the best fit out of those three? So that's my first question for you. Um, And I'll I'll let you answer before we we move on. I
1: would probably say Howard.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think Howard with,
1: I mean, I mean, all, all things equal, just, I think to, sorry, I'll, I'll, to actually give more than a one word answer. Just, on a multi-year deal you're still trying to build for you still want to continue to build around kennedy carter who's going to continue to get better but thinking thinking about it in terms of like a three-year deal that length of an investment i would go for howard too because you're, i mean i think you're also probably looking at playing this player next to elizabeth williams as opposed to because because if you if you go if you Add somebody over Williams, then you still gotta, you still have that issue of who's playing the four.
0: Yeah, I, I'm more of a Billings fan than will than you will. Um, you know, do you try and I believe at certain points they, they tried to play small, put Shakina at the four, which was kind of weird. Maybe my eyes deceived me. Um, I I just yeah I guess when you look at it like that, but I mean we could talk about starting five with this team. Obviously I I believe for the dream signing Benajelani is important. It's a big move that they want. If I'm the dream, I'm looking to bring somebody who can stretch the floor. Natasha Howard fits that to a T. Liz Cambage should be a great fit also. Uh, But I just think Natasha Howard's athleticism and stamina with Courtney, with a healthy Courtney Williams, a healthy Tiffany Hayes, um, and not even to get into Kennedy Carter, because that's just exhausting to watch them play in that mindset. So you're saying you think Billings is the one to like, all right, now let me rephrase this. Talking about this roster, I believe we both agree that either Williams or Billings, one of them needs to go. Which one do you feel needs to go for this team to take that next step? Obviously, there's the caveat of who they're replacing her with.
1: I don't. I don't think they need to go why can't why can't Billings just come off the bench
0: Billings can come off the bench my issue is more so Elizabeth Williams getting a guaranteed contract um and I I just personally I'm more of a fan of Billings than I am of Williams but but continue
1: well I just don't I mean uh, Williams is just a much better defensive player I mean talking about anchoring you at the five. I do I do like I think Billings might be interesting maybe playing some five like off the bench against some second units and just to maybe maximize what she can do offensively a little bit more but no I mean someone to play a bunch of minutes at such an important defensive position I mean it's it's clearly Williams but yeah the the and to the point of the protected contracts too I think they're going to be okay cuz unless because all of them right now Uh, her hoop stats has them expiring after this season so it's not really a a long-term issue for them right now it would really just be if like three of the top free agents in this class all wanted to sign there then yeah you might have to do stuff but if it gets to that point you can you do what you have to at that point and you you can always you know you can you can you can make a move when you need to when you're making doing something of that magnitude. But I, I don't think what Williams is still a really good player. Like it's not, uh, the, the, they can, you know, they can find somebody that's a little bit better of an offensive fit and maybe Strickland plays the four a little bit. Maybe it's that, but just that can really help help Elizabeth because if you've got a shooting threat at the four, which isn't necessarily one of the players we brought up there, but but then Williams is diving to the basket, you know, with more of an empty lane, you know, in pick and roll with Kennedy Carter or Tiffany Hayes or Laney or Courtney Williams, that, then it'll look much better and life will be much easier for Williams too.
0: Alright, so we're looking at the four. Talk to me about who you think would be good fits. I mean, Keanu Hawkins might be a good stretch for that. we B, player a little small, uh, Cheyenne Parker. I mean, who maybe even Teresa Plaissance, there is that uh there's a connection there. Not going to get into that, but I mean, talk to me about who you feel would be a good fit to bring into this team through free agency that would help push this team to that next level.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's where I think you get in, you get more into uh, wondering, like you know, Natasha Howard isn't isn't uh, an elite three point shooter. She can at least stand out there and she'll take them but if you get somebody like Howard, maybe she also plays, you know, there's the chance there's the option to also play her at the five a little bit. I wonder if Cheyenne Parker will get, get kind of pursued by any team. And if so, is it starting center or even maybe is it where she is maybe playing against playing with, you know, like with, if you're playing with Williams, you know, Williams is clearly the center just when you think about what, you know, her offensive skill set, uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's a slam dunk solution here. I think if you can get one of these players, you just do it. But there's also the the possibility I think that they're drafting somebody that might fill more of a pure kind of stretch big kind of definition.
0: Possibly. I mean the the interesting aspect that you touched on or one of the interesting aspects is looking at their, you know, t- looking past this season. Courtney Williams, free agent. Shaquina Strickland, a free agent. Tiffany Hayes. Elizabeth Williams. Um, you know, Renee Montgomery's on a suspended contract uh, from sitting out this past season. Blake Diedrich, Kayla Davis, uh, you know, currently are restricted free agents. I think it's interesting because the Atlanta Dream are kind of in a situation where, you know, they can use this season to reevaluate. Maybe that's not the best situation for uh head coach Nikki Collin. But it's a situation where when you are looking at the salary cap and looking at who's on their roster and, and the contracts, they're kind of in a weird situation of, you know, they could either be forging forward into a deep playoff team or they could very much be on the the precipice of another rebuild. What do you, what do you think about that?
1: that doesn't seem likely. I mean, they've, they've had two seasons being in the lottery. You have, you have good reason to say our roster our our full, the full version of our roster last year is better than how they finished. So it it just, and even the, the roster, they actually had there, had had Carter just not had that ankle injury. So, yeah, I mean, you just, again, I just don't think they're in the position when you look at, when you look at, the The top players on the roster right now, where they they just want to say, "Hey, yeah, let's let's rebuild, let's kind of settle for that." If it doesn't pan out, you you go for it now. I would think you have good players on the team already, and just figure that stuff out later when it comes to it. I mean, it just they got they got to find out how how good this team is, right? They made the splashy moves to land Williams and Strickland, but then getting the chance to see Hayes play with them and Laney after the nice season she had and now Carter in year two, getting a chance to improve, I I think there should be, I think there should be a level of excitement, figure it out and and just, and see what, see what sticks. And if, if you're all healthy, you should get a chance to really learn something because I think, I think they will be a playoff team.
0: Any final thoughts on the Atlanta dream before we move on to Indiana? Fever?
1: No, they were kind of a, a one, a one need team. It was just kind of that one, one thing with them. So
0: I completely agree with you, in regards to we didn't really get to see who they were, right? Because so many COVID related issues, then an injury to your rookie of the year candidate, all these things. But hey, the one positive of it, Benigni's emergence throughout this past season. Let's move on to the Indiana Fever. I'll let you take this one. For me, it's they're a head scratcher of a team, um, because they they have a vet presence. They have a very strong youth movement, um, and by strong, I mean lots of high-rated picks. But it just doesn't seem to be clicking. Do you feel that, I mean, where do you think the mindset of this roster is? You know, obviously, I I feel strongly they're not a trade away from a playoff, you know, a big playoff push. And they kind of need to see more growth from their players, obviously, in regard to Cox. Um, But talk to me.
1: Well, do you? So, are you asking what do I think they're thinking, or what do I think they should they should do? <laughs> uh, what
0: you think they should do? We're not going to get into trying to mind read okay. uh, what what we think they are thinking because that's a whole different story.
1: I think they should just be patient. I mean, they got to see they got to see what they have with Lauren Cox and Tierra McCowan together. It, it, yeah, and just you know, I don't I don't think <laughs> I, I I don't expect one of those top free agent bigs either to just be pushing their way to Indiana uh so it just given where they're at and just i don't think they'll struggle to to find a to find a a a a pay a payday that they're seeking so I, i think they gotta be patient get this really make sure you get a good look at cox and mccowan and at the point guard spot you know making a decision there after not seeing erica wheeler at all this season i don't know if there's I don't know that there are big uh, like uh, starting point guard vacancies out there for Wheeler. So, you know, do you just work something out there, you get Wheeler back and and see what Julie Alamon's plans are for the season. And you have your point guards there because I think they're going to have to think about if they're going to, if they would consider drafting one at four this year, but if you sign Wheeler and maybe there's, there's still, you can still take a player there and they can, they can both, Uh, get some minutes there and then, you know, maybe at the small forward spot is the one thing, you know, maybe that's where they really make a run at somebody that's just a, a a good scorer, but also somebody that can open up the floor a little bit for for Cox and McCowan inside. So the, you know, the, the same group of names we've already brought up, Ariel Powers, Kayla McBride, Alicia Gray, maybe even Laney, (laughs) although not maybe not as, maybe that isn't uh, likely after Laney had already been there.
0: I mean they can throw a ton of money though. Yeah. They like they they have eight players on roster right now with, you know, seven seven like almost eight thousand or eight hundred thousand excuse me in salary cap. So like this is a team that if someone's gonna make a push for powers, make a push for Laney, make make a push for heck they can make a push for anybody in free agency with the money they have.
1: Yeah, so I, I, I wonder if I wonder if they're also they also can be a source of leverage for one of these players, right? Is does can you know could they be the team that Alicia Gray can go get the offer sheet that she wants? You know if there's a discrepancy in what Dallas is offering, just maybe on the length of it or, or the or even the amount or or you know Washington and Vegas, you know Powers and McBride are interesting cases. Are are those teams asking those players? to take a little less or are they not offering necessarily a max contract? Well, then maybe Indiana is the team that pops up and says, Hey, we'll give it to you. It, it probably doesn't hurt our bottom line, at least for, for probably the next two seasons. If, if we sign somebody to maybe a little bit more than what somebody else would give them.
0: Oh, I mean, like, like, let's look at this. Kelsey Mitchell um, is going to be a restricted free agent uh, next season Victoria Vivian's. Assume I don't know what her timetable to return is, um, but she's going to be reserved, and Alaman also reserved. Excuse me. After this coming season, I mean, it just it almost gets better. Uh, I mean, I don't know. This, this is a very interesting, very interesting situation for Indiana. I mean, Tamika Catchings has really the ability to choose her own adventure and figure out where this team is going to go, if. You're going to pick one player this team, you know, mercilessly hounds to bring them on. Who is that player? Who do you feel in this free agency could really help? You know, change the tide for the Indiana Fever, or maybe break the fever. I don't know if that's the right term. Change the. I don't
1: know. Change the tide. What are we? I'm
0: using crazy terminology.
1: I just. I don't. I don't know if. uh... just like they just they just have to see what they have with these young players i mean they haven't shot all the way up to the very top of the draft in the lottery recently but like that's that's how you get your really good players just is tier McCowan gonna be more of a go-to scorer then you know if if they believe that then they've got to try to create the best situation possible so that's where i think like getting getting maybe one more really good shooter that can help them open up the floor so so I I would just think of it much more in that sense. Kelsey Mitchell I think is is somebody that can continue to get better. So that's a positive for them. And I don't know. It just I I don't I don't know what like I don't think there's very many things just to to consider for them for free agency unless I don't know unless unless they just make a big offer to somebody and I'm just kind of downplaying the the odds that that would happen but i just i think all these players other players are gonna have chances to win somewhere else while still getting paid and indiana's just gotta they've gotta uh, embrace more of a patient approach
0: yeah i I agree with you because like realistically i i view them similarly to the liberty and similarly to the wings where it's and like obviously the timetables are slightly off slightly different But to me, it truly just boils down to, realistically, you're not winning the championship for the next X amount of years. You have X amount of young players who need an opportunity to flourish and for you to fully understand where they're going to kind of peak when it comes to uh, their potential. And then, why are we going to waste so much, you know, like... And I think I said this at the beginning, you know, throwing a ton of money at someone could be great, but does that damage the growth of a player that you spent, you know, your first round pick on? Does that damage the growth of a player who you need to be a higher level player, you know, growing down the field? Because they have a lot of players on on rookie scale contracts. That's a positive thing, especially for how many of them were top five draft picks or top 10 draft picks. So we got to look at this in a situation where the Indiana fever you know, it might not be the greatest news if you're an Indiana Fever fan, but you kind of got to be patient with it. You got to understand it's not going to all of a sudden change. Um, there's not too many things. I feel like that, that being said, I, I do feel like we should talk about who are some players, considering the fact that they only have eight players on roster, who are some players that you expect them or could see them targeting or signing. Um, running over at Candice Dupree, uh, Natalie Achanwa, Jantel Lavender, Erica Wheeler, are all unrestricted free agents this season.
1: Yeah, I mean like I said, Powers, Alicia Gray, McBride, bring back Wheeler, I would say. And I don't know if if they want if they if they didn't work something out with Wheeler, could they be a team that tries to get in on Jasmine Thomas? I don't know. So at the point guard position I, I don't know what else to say. Other than just bringing back Wheeler and looking to the front court, could they be a Cheyenne Parker team? I think that's one name I wondered about. You know, I think because I think Parker could play, Parker, I think, can play with Cox or McCowan, but I don't know. Then if you're kind of conceding, you know, Parker's a good player, but she's not pushing. That signing alone isn't exactly pushing fever to be like a top four team. So, you know, you'd be you'd be short circuiting the time Cox and McCowan can play together. I don't really love that fit personally, but for them to have drafted Cox, I can only think they want to do that. So, yeah, I mean, just again, somebody at small forward that can shoot, Kievan as a vet behind McCowan, that might like that might be someone that could help them.
0: I like that, that signing. actually. I, really, I had that written down, so I'm, I'm not even going to try and claim that. I feel like a, a classic Indiana signing would be Amanda Zowie B. Just like her style of play, very much so just reminds me of many of the bigs who have come through Indiana over the past you know, eight years or so. Um, any final thoughts on the Indiana Fever before we talk about uh, the New York Liberty, the torchbearers of the WNBA?
1: That's all I got ready for New York.
0: So New York's a curious situation and I'm going to, you know, ask you to put your GM cap on and ask you the tough question of who you drop it. You know, who's not going to make this roster or is it just as simple as find a way to do it? Because it's going to be tough. You got Megan Walker, Jasmine Jones, Kylie Shug, Liana Odom, Jocelyn Willoughby, and then Rebecca Allen and Steph Talbot, which, Talbot kind of has an asterisk next to it. It's an interesting aspect, but I'm curious for you, you know, we talk, I, I, I'll start it off with, first of all, who are we going to drop, but also where do you think their mindset is. Do you agree with me that they need to kind of sit on their hands and let their young players grow, or do you feel that you've seen enough from these young players that one or two big moves can bring this team to a, a next tier in this league?
1: Uh, no, I I think they're in a little bit better of a position to chase somebody in free agency if they want to with a bigger name. If, I mean, if they get somebody to start at center, they're not, you know, they're not blocking a recent lottery pick. It's, you know, Kylie Shook and and Kia Stokes or even somebody at the four where that's just a giant question mark. It looks like, so I, I don't think there's a problem if, if, and just, the mindset of, of hey we're in new york it, i don't know how much that and from the ownership perspective too i don't know how if there's if there's much pressure f- for them to go be aggressive but i don't think it's really a problem for them as opposed to like indiana if, if they want to go make a run at somebody
0: well the, uh, the cool aspect about the liberty is they have 12 players on roster right and they still have almost five hundred thousand in cap room so you really have the ability, you know, is Han Su coming over? Um, You know, Johannes, is she coming over? What's the deal with Talbot and Rebecca Allen? There's definitely some question marks considering the fact that they have such an overseas presence. It's, I'm, I, I, all right. So now get, get me to my question number two, assuming, I mean, it's a tough situation because we're assuming Rebecca Allen, Steph Talbot, um you know are coming back, Johannes is coming, things like that. I'm curious for you, who do you, which of these younger players do you feel is gonna be the first on the chopping block?
1: Yeah, that's that's tough. I would start with I would start with uh Liana Otto, Megan Walker, and Jasmine Jones. Probably those three. Well I would say Han first. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see a, a much potential for Han other than maybe in a bench role. So, in terms of the ones under contract, I think it'd be, it would be those three names. They started Odom, good chunk of the season. So, you know, I don't know if that's all that likely. But Walker got drafted higher <laughs> than Odom,
0: right.
1: so I, I don't know how much of an anchoring effect is there. Walker obviously didn't, didn't play nearly as much, and Jones did play a lot, and had the counting stats. But Jones, I think it's the thing of, you know, I think Jones is kind of, you know, kind of a, t- just kind of a two who can handle the ball some, you know, isn't, isn't a point guard by trade. So I just, I think it might be tough for Jones too. I wonder if that's someone who just, if you see if you have some trade value there, if Johannes is coming over and they might not know, they might not be able to know right away. So that might make it tough. But if you've got Sabrina at, Sabrina Ionescu at point, Blazer Clarendon, also in there. Asia Durr, I think you, you kind of got to make a decision there on somebody, and I, I still think Durr can be a really good player, but it, as far as what their vision is, again, with them too, with what they're going to do in the draft, whether they hold on to their pick or whatever they end up doing, what are they pretty much resigned to just taking a big or would they even take somebody on the perimeter and that bumps everyone else down a notch?
0: Well, this team is so stacked with youth in the guard positions. Um, I mean, in my mind, you're not starting Clarity because, I mean, obviously, well, what's Key in Nurse's availability? You know, how's she feeling? Well, they
1: did, They did though. They did start Lasia to start the season with, next to Sabrina.
0: Yeah, but they didn't have Asia.
1: Right, but if they want you know, if they want kind of two point guards on the floor, that you know, that's that's where this all that's where this all ties in too to then how much does that leave for Durr and Jones and Johannes? So that's that was why Jones kinda of came up for me.
0: No, I hear you. I, I do think Jones is, is out of those ones kind of going to be the first to the chopping block. Megan Walker, I feel like, because of the height of her pick, because of the fact that, you know, she had a little bit more hype around herself, maybe has a slightly higher ceiling um, unless they, you know, saw something that that we didn't. Um, But I I just think it's going to be an interesting situation of, okay, I've said interesting situation so many times because like, we're just trying to assume what all these GMs and coaches want to do and what they see from these players. Um, But for me, I, I just think it's so much about the front court for this team. You know, what did we see from Kylie Shook this season? What what do we know about her? Um, That, that, you know, what confidence do we have? We know during the season, uh, Kea Stokes re-signed that extension. So what does that mean for her? You know, there's so many questions with this team. While I do think that they're closer to making uh, a playoff push, assuming a lot of their vets come back that we didn't see this past season, I do think it's an interesting situation of, they have so much young talent, you know, am am I being too hard on the fact that I just don't see them making a big playoff push, so they shouldn't be focusing on making some big moves? Or do you agree with me that they're kind of in a tough situation where they kind of just need to sit back and, and watch their youth grow? Uh,
1: no, I think they should. I think they, I think they should make a push for somebody if they can. I mean you just you need to get better and just not to get caught up in just the having this perfect linear nature to it. I mean if you can get a legitimate difference maker, then just do it. They're not again, just like who are they blocking if they do that? I I just don't it's it's a non issue to me.
0: Yeah. No, I I hear you. As long as that difference maker is not big <laughs> like if we're talking about yeah. adding yeah. you know a uh, Liz Cambage or Natasha Howard, I'm all for it. Other than that, like who, like who else could they bring that wouldn't just be taking away? And granted, you might be adding somebody who's better than Kylie Shook, who's better than Willoughby or or some of these other players. But it's that give and take of you know prospect and potential versus what we've seen established, and there just aren't so many giant names that I think turn this team into a contention for a championship. And, and I don't think either of us are talking about that, but I just, part of me just, you know, you made this commitment this past season, part of it, your hands were tied. Part of it was uh, a, a mission of, we're going to have all these rookies and see what we can get from them and try and truly gauge where they are. And, and I know we've talked at length during the season uh, on what was Winsider Daily, now is uh, Split the Post. But, or sorry, the floor game. God, I'm just off of it today. Um, but for me, I, like, I just always side with, if you're not going to legitimately, like, be in contention for the championship, then why not give your young players a little bit more time to show who they are so you can grow? I Is that crazy?
1: No, but, I mean, just, like, you can, whatever, pick a name. You, can, I mean, you can get you can add Natasha Howard and still find minutes for Kylie shook. It just, I it just, they don't, they don't have that conflicting reality. And, and they, I mean, they also don't know what they're going to get with the number one pick. They're not going to know yet, which, which early entrants are going to be in this draft. So it just, I don't know. I, I just think, I think a lot of this can get overrated. Like, Oh, they have all these players. They have, well, I don't know if, Johannes and Rebecca Allen aren't even going to play this year. Okay. Then that's two decisions you don't have to make, you know, Hanju. I just, I'm not sure I'm not sold hundred percent. She's a WNBA player. So if they have to move on from her, I don't think it's the end of the world. So it just, I don't think it ultimately amounts to very much for them in terms of having to just, you know, wave a bunch of players and it was a different situation, but we saw it with Dallas last year. Everyone's saying, Oh, what are they going to do? They have all these players. Let's make jokes about Dallas. You have time to figure it out. And it, just, it doesn't, you know, they they won two games, right? Like Jonathan Cope said it after the lottery. Like we won two games. Go get, like you need stars. If you can go get one, go get one. And just if they don't, then see what you have. You're going to have Sabrina back. You'll have excitement alone just because of that. And see what you can get in the draft.
0: Hey, I'm with it. They're, they're, it's going to be a fun season for them going to be a hair-pulling season if you're a fan. I don't know what big moves I could see them making, but hey, they got the salary cap to, to throw some money at some players and see if they can bring someone on, uh, make some moves. Hopefully Jonathan Cope uh, can, can shake and bake a little bit, you know, entice some people who want to come to the Big Apple. Any final thoughts on New York or any of the teams that we touched on before we log off for the day?
1: Yeah, I mean, let's I think we should probably talk more about Zowie for New York. Oh yeah. The player that's actually a free agent. So what are you, what, what are you willing to do for them? Are you, Stokes already has that one year extension signed. So do you, do you want to bring Zowie back? Do you, what's, uh, what are you willing to offer? What would you be willing to offer as them in terms of a role?
0: Uh, see, that's, that's such like a, I don't know, for me, and, and this was something that I was critical of Katie Smith's team, you know, when she took over for Bill Ambeer, where it was just like, at a certain point when you kind of cut the string and say, you know what, we've seen what we're going to get from this player, and like, I'm, I'm fine doing, you know, punting for another season. Not for another season, but punting on a specific position so we can grow a younger player, learn more about a younger player. So for me, you let her walk. I don't Do you disagree? Do you agree? Do you want, do you want to bring her back if you're New York?
1: Yeah, I think I, I think I do agree. It, well, it just, it, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to evaluate this in a vacuum because Stokes and Zowie aren't free agents at the same time. So you aren't necessarily picking one or the other, although it's not like they're in, uh, they're going to, they're going to be in real trouble trying to stay under the cap this year, but I think I'd be willing to move on at this point. You know, I'm not, I'm not super sold on either player as a long-term starting center. And if both of them were on the open market, I don't, I don't know. Looking around the league at just looking at spots. I don't know who, that there are a bunch of other teams that are, that would be making that same, that same gamble. So I would want to let Shook play a little bit next year, at least get a decent amount of run to see what you have there. So I think you, you do have to kind of choose one or the other. And I would think giving Stokes the one year extension was a little bit, maybe a little bit of an indication that that might be the thought there. So.
0: No, I'm, uh, with I'm, it. I'm okay. I, I think it was a clear indication, especially because it's a guaranteed. Um, So, you know, for me, it's, that it's pretty much a done deal. I should mention, excuse me, that, they only have two protected or guaranteed contracts, which means they do have availability if they want to make some moves or they want to offer up some money uh, to a free agent or in a trade. They do have some wiggle room there and some ability to entice people. Obviously locations a big one too. and if they are going to be in market this coming season, which it seems more and more likely as the days go by that they will be, you know that's a positive too. being being able to be part of the Brooklyn Nets, um, you know, being able to, I believe I saw that they're going to be sharing some facilities. Maybe that's not right. Maybe I, I misread that. Uh, and I'll just have to delete this from the podcast, but you know, there's a lot of positives with being on, uh, this new franchise. And, but when I say new franchise, new franchise under new ownership, um, and we've seen a commitment from the ownership for this team. And I think that's a huge element also. We saw it as Las Vegas Aces became a place where people wanted to go and play and had had a great time. And I think we're seeing that also in New York, which is something that, you know, we can't necessarily quantify, but we know it's a thing, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and just on New York too, it just, you know, the, in like deciding what they do, like, when we were kind of talking about like, well, what, you know, should they be willing to go get somebody? The you know the 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 one thing they absolutely can't do is just like just don't overpay someone you know just don't just don't just don't go spend a bunch of money and tie yourself up for you know three years or something like that on somebody that just isn't gonna make a big difference for you and that'll complicate things down the line when some of these younger players might be getting extensions so you know that's that's really the one thing maybe even the bigger thing that we didn't even bring up right away just you know i think this free agency class like the lions are pretty drawn pretty clearly already for you we know who the really good established players are if you can get one of them great that'd be awesome if you can't they are they already took a pretty uh, i think it in in context to recent years a pretty radical step to have just kept as many rookies as they did just see what you got and continue to build through the draft like that's still the best way to get stars if you're, you know, don't don't rush to be the eighth or the ninth best team if you aren't really, you know, landing players that are really going to have a ton of upside because, you know, you can build through the draft. That's that's still the number one way, like get a really good player. And they, having the number one pick like they do this year, it's a big difference than Indiana, who's who's been at, at the bottom of the lottery by comparison a few times.
0: I agree with you. Well, that's all we got for this episode. Make sure to tune in on Windsider.com or the Windsider show on your favorite podcast app. And we'll be back with some fun guests over the next week. We got three guests lined up, so get ready. Not going to tease anything, not going to let you know, but uh, make sure you hit subscribe.